So this, uh, this semester, we are going to start, uh, start a new, I'll say, path of what we're studying. Um, we're actually going to go from Genesis to Revelation. We're going to cover all of the Bible in a matter of probably a year and a half or two years. Um, obviously, I'm not going to preach like every verse of that because that would take a little bit longer than that. Um, but the whole goal of this is to uh, help all of us to see how the thread of the gospel um, is intertwined in all of Scripture from the very beginning to the very end. And so that's where we're headed this, this semester, this year. Um, uh, but before we do that, before we get into that, we'll start that next week. But I always like to, at the beginning of a, of a school year, um, to talk about why we call this place Refuge. Like, why is, that, why is that the name? What does that mean for us? Um, where does that even come from? So that's what we're going to spend tonight talking about. Um, in case you didn't know this or didn't see this yet or hear this. Um, so tonight we will, we will talk about that. What is refuge? Why, why do we call it that? What's that about? Um, and then instead of meeting in groups after, we're going to worship some more together and, and spend some time praying together. So if you've been to worship night here before, it'll look like that, where we um, worship some. And then in between songs, you'll have some space. If there's um, a verse or a few verses on your heart that you want to share with everybody, that you just want to stand up and read, that you would do that. Uh, if you just want to pray f- about something specific, uh, that you would stand up and do that. Um, I just want to start this semester off just in worship and, and, and in prayer uh, over what God is doing and what he wants to do. Um, and so we are going to be in Psalm 91. Uh, there's Bibles there in front of you uh, if you don't have one. We're going to be in Psalm 91, that's what we're going to be walking through tonight. Um, And so you can turn there. Um, Also, I'm going to have you do something for me tonight. So you can start um, right now. There should be a piece of paper, a notepad, and a pen in front of you or around you. Um, You can share with people on your row or whatnot. Um, But I'm going to ask you um, to write down on that piece of paper, um, just if you think about your life right now, uh, what is the biggest source of stress or frustration or um, pain in your life right now? And so, guys, um, I know you're going to have the temptation to, like, be funny. Um, I know you're really funny already. Uh, and you don't have to prove it to me by writing something, you know, silly. Uh, if you can just be serious for a minute and just write down something that's, like, really painful in your life right now. You don't have to put your name on it. Just... Whatever that is, whatever causes you the most stress, you know that, that feeling in your stomach that's like it's, like it's tied up in knots uh, when you think about it, whatever that thing is, just write that down for me. And that can be like something really specific. It could be like um, there's people that are, that are just making fun of me regularly, and that's really causing a lot of problems in my life. Um, uh, somebody that I know is really sick or whatever. It can be something like that, that that causes you the most stress and pain in life right now. Or it could be like these overarching like general things. Maybe you just never feel good enough. Like you just don't feel like you're good enough, like you don't measure up. Um, so it could be any number of things like that. But just stuff like that. If you want to write one or two things down um, on a piece of paper for me, that would be awesome. Um, and I'll tell you what to do with that in, in a little bit. But Psalm 91, that's what we're, we're going to be walking through tonight. Um, starting in verse 1. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, one of the things that I hope you learn at Refuge, um, any part of this that you're involved in, 
that is that anybody can study scripture. Anybody. Anybody can study scripture and get a ton out of it. Uh, you don't have to have some kind of special degree. You don't have to have anything like that. Uh, we all have the same Holy Spirit living inside of us, and, and that's the one that reveals truth to us. And so if you would just commit to spending time in scripture and pray that God would show you something, he'll show you something. Um, so I, I hope you know that. I hope you see that. I hope you hear that from anybody that, that's up here, that if you just spend time in it and you're praying that God would show you stuff, he will show you stuff from his word that you, you need to hear. Um, and one of the things that I love about how the Lord uses scripture is that he will say a lot of what seems like the same exact things with different words, but he uses different words for a specific reason every time because they, they give you a little bit more depth to the meaning and a little bit more depth to what he's trying to tell us. Um, so Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So when we talk about this, well, I'll go to verse 2 and then let me, let me go there, I guess. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so as we talk about the rest of this, realize that it all, the first verse is, is you, you see who he's talking to. He's talking to, again, who he's addressing what, what, as he talks about the rest of this is somebody that dwells in the shelter of the Most High. So what that means is um, somebody that is going to fully put their faith in Christ, somebody that's going to rest in that, right? So there's this language that of, of dwelling or living in or abiding in. If, if you've heard me talk about John 15.5 before, if you've read that yourself, um, that I am the vine, you are the branches, uh, he who abides in me, uh, who lives in me, who dwells in me. So... This idea that the people that, that choose to dwell in Christ, choose to live their life in him, this is, this is what all this applies to. And you might, you might have heard me say this about refuge before. The whole idea of refuge and the safety and all the stuff that we're going to talk about in just a second, all the things that, that, of who Christ is, all the things that he offers us as believers, as followers of him, we have to choose to step into that. Christ is all these things all the time, and it's offered for everybody, but if we don't choose to step into that, you're not going to get the benefits of that. And so one, you know, one example that I always think of is like a, a storm shelter, tornado shelter, something like that, right? Or, or maybe the other thing that comes to my mind is like a castle, and, and people coming to fight against you. You can talk about this castle. You can know every fact about that castle, right? How big it is, how high it is, how thick the walls are. Uh, how much, like, one of my favorite things in watching old movies like that, um, that have, or movies that have castles in, in about that time period, uh, what's something that, that's at the front there that they used to attack people with? Anybody? They, like, pour it out. It's like really hot tar or something like that, right? I don't know why I like that. I just think it's really, it's a, it's a really crazy way to protect. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to come up against us? We're going to pour hot tar on you, you know? So you can know all these things. You can know where the hot tar is and all the places that it's located. You can know, again, how thick the walls are, how tall they are. You can know every part of that castle inside and out, and you can recite that, right? You can tell everybody all the facts about this castle, how much, how strong it is, how big it is, and you can describe that all that you want. And you can talk about how great it is and how nobody can, can defeat you if you are in this castle, right, you can, you can talk about how much you love this castle, how much you know that that will stand, how much you know that that will, will, will hold up against any enemy, right? And you talk about that all day long. But if all you're doing is, is talking about it and you're still just standing outside of it, 
as you're talking about it, it does you no good. You may know all the facts in the world about that castle. You may know all the facts in the world about how great it is, how big it is, how much it can withstand anything. But if you're standing outside of it, you get nothing that it has to offer. Because you're still out of it. You're outside of it. And so think about that illustration as, as we walk through this. He is saying, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. So it's that person who has actually stepped into this and is fully in it that he's going to be describing and talking about. This is offered to everybody. But we have to be the ones to choose to step in it and say, okay, uh, I'm going to be inside the gates of this castle. I'm going to be inside this thing, and I'm not just going to talk about it from the outside. And I'm not just going to stand here. I'm going, to, I'm going to choose to go in. And so this is who he's addressing, those of us who, that, that have made that choice. It says, he who dwells in the shelter, in the cover, in the protection of the Most High. Again, even that, like stop there. It describes God as the Most High. Think about what that means for a second. What does it mean to be the Most High? It means there's nothing higher, right? What does that mean? It means there's nothing bigger, there's nothing better. If I, that's, that's kind of the terms I use with my kids, I feel like, a lot of the time. There's, there's nobody bigger than God, there's nobody better than God, there's nothing bigger than Him, nothing better than Him. He is the top. There's nothing that will surpass him, both in importance and in strength and power. There's nothing bigger, nothing better. This is the God that we're talking about. This is the shelter that we're talking about. So of all the castles in the world, right, this is the biggest one, this is the baddest one, this is the best one. There's none that are more important, there's none that is higher. He is most high. There's no one and nothing above him. There's nothing that's more important than him. So, so the one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, it says will abide, some versions say will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Some other versions even say will rest in the shade of the Almighty. So again, that, again, the way that it describes, you may say like, well, Most High and Almighty is pretty much the same thing. Well, Most High, you think about most important, biggest, highest, Almighty, most powerful. Again, nothing or no one can overpower this God. Nothing. Nothing that you come up against in life can overpower this God is what this is saying. And so if we choose to dwell in this, if we choose to walk in this and live in Christ in the Most High, then we will have rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Because think about that. Think about the biggest, baddest dude in the world. Uh or biggest, baddest animal in the world protecting its kid. If that kid is in the shadow of their dad that is huge, what does he feel? He feels safe. He's like, my dad's the biggest, baddest dude in the world. What are you going to do against him? Nothing. Right? So no matter what comes against him, when he's in the shadow of that, it means he's so close to him, he's in his shadow. He's in the shade that's coming from his dad. And he's probably like, what? Do something. And you step outside of that and you say, what? Do, oh, sorry. We get back in the shadow. What? Do something. You know? That if we choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, that we, will, we can have rest. Like, think about why that brings rest. It brings, brings rest because you don't have any worries then. There's nothing that's going to get you. And you're not worried about anything. And you don't have fear for anything because you're in the shadow of the God Almighty. Who is bigger and badder than anything else. 
I mean better in a good way, you know. Um, and he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My refuge, again, when you look that up, when you, what does that word mean? My shelter, shelter from rain, from storm, from danger. That we can find shelter in him. So you get this idea of shelter and relief from rain and things like that. So there's relief that we can find in him, rest like it was just talking about the verse before, and then fortress. Again, you get, when I hear the word fortress, I get this picture of like a giant castle. A fortress, something that is fortified and strengthened to protect me from attack. To protect you from attack. So not only do I get relief from the elements, relief from things that uh, are annoying and frustrating, but I also get protection from attack from enemies. And so again, you can say refuge and fortress are the same, but they're not. It gives you a deeper understanding of what God is trying to tell us, how much he protects us, how much rest he can give us, how much relief he can give us. So he's not just keeping us safe, he's also, he's he's shielding us from some things. Um, Again, just the different context of being protected from rain and storm and, and, and things like that versus being in this fortified, strengthened fortress to protect me from attack. My God in whom I trust, he is trustworthy. He's somebody that you can trust. There's so many people, I'm sure, in your life that have broken your trust. This is somebody that will never do that. He is trustworthy. He is somebody that we can trust. And then verse 3 says, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler or the trap of the trapper, some versions will say, and from the, from the deadly pestilence. So what is that saying? He'll rescue you. He'll save you. He will, he, will, he will pull you out of stuff if he needs to. Even when it looks like this noose is around your neck and it's about to, about to uh, trap you, he can rescue you from that. So he can deliver you from things that you are already in the middle of. And he can keep you from those things. He, uh, when, when I read this too, I also think like he can, he's going to keep me from being trapped by the lies of the enemy. So this, this word picture here is the snare of a fowler. It's like a, it's like a bird trap, okay, for like a little, little weak bird. He's calling us a weak bird uh, that, that needs some help from, from being rescued from that. And so I, I, I read that and I see like he will keep us from being trapped by the lies of ourselves, the lies of other people, the lies of, of Satan, all these lies that you begin to believe that you are worthless that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up. He will keep us from that. He will deliver us from that. He will rescue us from that. And it goes on to say, he will cover you with his pinions. This is what my, verse, my version says. He will cover you with his pinions or wings. And under his wings you will find refuge. So, kind of weird to me at first. It's like God's saying he's a big bird and he's going to cover us with his wings. Is that weird to anybody else or just me? That just seems weird. Uh, they think, yeah, weird. And so there's this picture that God is this giant bird that's going to wrap his wings around uh, his little baby and take care of him, right? And so why that? Why that word picture? Like as I was thinking about, like you just told us you're going to protect us like a fortress. Why that? Why this picture of this big bird like protecting this, their, their little bird, right? 
And so the more I thought about that, I thought, like, there's protection in that, too. So, of course, he's talking about he's going to protect us. But if you think about a bird protecting, when, when a bird does that as well, the, the little baby doesn't have feathers yet, usually. And so it, it not only is it protecting it from things outside, but it's also keeping it warm and keeping it safe. And it's also, I get, I get this view of, like, of there's love, like loving protection. It's not just this cold stone that's going to protect me. It's this loving, wrapping my, the, its wings around me protection. And that's different. And that's another aspect of who God is. So not only does he want to keep you safe, he's not like just some cold stone thing that, that, that is lifeless. In this aspect, we see that God loves us, that he wants to protect us in a loving way because he cares about us and he doesn't want to see anything happen to us. It says, under his wings you will find refuge, you will find protection. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. His faithfulness, he, he's reliable, he's faithful, he's, he provides stability for us. And that's something that protects us as well, uh, like a shield does, like a buckler. And I looked that up and it said either a small round shield or a defensive wall of a castle. Again, this whole idea of protection and shielding from harm, this idea of armor that protects us. He's saying over and over again in these first four verses, I will protect you from fill in the blank, right? I will protect you from fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you know all that, this, this is what we talk about a lot. If you believe these things, like this isn't just, man, that's some good facts that I can just learn. But like if, I, if I really believe that that's who God is, if I believe these four verses, then you know what results is verse 5, you will not fear. Because if I believe God is that big and that loving and he cares for me and he is able to protect me from anything, literally anything, why would I be afraid? It doesn't make sense. So if I'm afraid, it means I don't believe something in these first four verses. But I'm not really believing that. It says, you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. So I think about the terror of the night, all these things that come to your mind, like darkness makes people freaked out for some reason, you know, because you can't see things coming, right? Um, so just those kind of things, just the, the things that creep up in your mind um, that you have fear of, or nor the arrow that flies by day. So not only, does it, not only should we not have any fear of those, like those kind of things of just, well, what if this happened, or what if this happened, or what if, what if I got hurt like this, or what if this happened it should protect us from that kind of fear, but also the arrow that flies by day, the, the direct attack from other people and the fear that comes with that. It should relieve all those fears. Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. The things that seek to destroy our life and steal our joy, we don't have to be afraid of those. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. We're going to jump down um, to verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. So again, he's saying because you have chosen to walk into this relationship with Christ, you've chosen to get in that castle, right? You've made the Lord your dwelling place. And just to remind us for some emphasis that he is the Most High, he is our refuge. Uh, 
No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. It says, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Um, ultimately, nothing can truly hurt us in Christ because we're his and we're his, his forever. Sure, things can like physically harm us here. But ultimately, I get to be with him forever. This is the thing that we talk about all the time in here too, that he has already won. Uh, the song that we just sang, uh, Allie, you're so gifted. Uh, talking about the lamb has overcome. Like, that, that's what that means, that he's, he's, he's won already. Like, he's won this fight already, and that when I put my trust in him, when I step into this castle, and the enemy does come because he's going to and he is, I know that we win in the end, and I don't have to be afraid of how this thing's going to turn out. It says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all his ways. Side note, because Lauren knows how much this uh, just makes me mad. Um, when people die, they don't become guardian angels, just so you know. Um, angels and people are really different. Um, they're different creatures, and you don't just like magically turn into a guardian angel. Um, it says he will command his angels concerning you to guard him in all your ways. Um, and that just, I don't know, that has nothing really to do with what I'm talking about tonight, but it talks about angels and guarding, and I see that so many times. I just, we can talk about it more in person if you want to talk about that, but just know that. Um, where was that? I don't know. Uh, on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And then verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the adder, which is a snake. Uh, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. So again, these word pictures, right? You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Two big predators, lion, adder. Also, two things that scripture uh, uses to, to describe Satan. So Satan prowls around like a lion seeking to destroy. And he, he's also called the serpent that's, that's crafty and sneaky, right? And so it's saying here that in Christ, we get to tread on the lion and the adder, that we'll trample them underfoot. That, that our enemies, that Satan stands no chance against us in Christ. That even, even Satan himself, so even the worst evil in, in the universe that you can think of, will not ever be able to overcome us in Christ. If you can, right now, if you can bring those papers up to me, I would appreciate it. Just, if you can bring me the papers. If you wrote something down, just come bring it to me real quick. Yeah, everybody. You just hand them to me. Awesome. Not, nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows what you wrote, okay? Don't worry about it. I mean, unless you signed it and told me who you, did, who you are. I, I won't tell anybody your, your name. Will I read these? Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. Lots of very different patterns of folding. You guys are very, very good at folding. Some might consider some of these crumpling. 
I like to see whatever I wrote on, very different things too. Apparently there's not notepads in every, every row. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, nice. You guys are awesome. So I'll even mix these up to make you feel better if you're like one of the last ones. Like, Dana's going to know it's me. I know all your problems anyway. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, uh, so thanks, Peyton. You wrote, just kidding. And Hunter. <laughs> so I'm just going to read some of these. So we're not going to read every single one. Um, but again, these are things that you guys wrote down that you said is like the, the biggest cause of your stress in your life, uh, pain in your life, frustration in your life, uh, no motivation to do anything. That's one. School and grades. Uh, just trying to be perfect. Being kind. Uh, that's something that's really hard. Temptation. Addiction to porn. Uh, being bold in my faith. Major social anxiety, no idea how to talk to people. My family, my mom, my dad, my brother, they're all so different than me, and they just get me really frustrated. Questioning my abilities, uh, believing I'm never good enough. My parents, sports, school really stresses me out, and also what people see me as or what people think of me, uh, depression, social anxiety, I struggle making close friends and having self-confidence, where I find myself, where I find my worth. Coaches, school, relationships. I feel like I don't measure up to the standard. Finding time for important things in life. People saying stuff about me that's not true. And then living up to what they believe. Communicating, making friends. Uh, parents might as well be divorced. And there's, whoa, there's, there's a lot on this. Um, I'm not going to read it all, but again, just parents and uh, broken home. When my family argues, the, do, you, do you hear these patterns? I hope you do. School. My family. Feeling accepted. Cross country, very specific sport. My parents divorce. School, girls. 
girls cause lots of problems. Family. Porn. Feeling left out. Feeling empty and unloved. So relationships are a hard thing. Um, school. Cross country again. Or cross country. I wouldn't run, run that much either. It probably causes you lots of physical pain. Uh, thinking I'm not good enough. Not being able to accomplish what I want. School. Self-image. Um, more <laughs> relationships causing anxiety. Uh, school again. Giving in to temptations that I feel are wrong, um, but I ignore it and do it anyway. Uh, I could go on, but you get the idea that not only is everybody struggling with stuff right now, but a lot of those are the same things. And My, my hope is that that you would understand um, that these truths in, in Psalm 91 are to protect you from all of that. And that they can. It doesn't mean it will take you away from all that stuff. It doesn't mean it will just fix all those things. But it, it will, God pr promises that he will protect you from that. And so I, I know it's easy to come in here and just keep your life kind of on the surface of things, right? Um, and it's easy to just kind of listen or, or not even fully listen, kind of check out and just be here with your friends and hang out with your friends. But, but I hope the reason that I do things like that is that you would see, like when people know that they can't, nobody can really find out who that is and share what's really going on in their life, that it's really painful. And a lot of them are the same things that you're struggling with in your house that you're struggling with over here in your house. And that we have a God that wants to protect you from that. And wants you to know that you can still be whole when you feel so broken. And, and that's why I come here. It's not just to give you some more knowledge about a different subject, you know. So I hope you never treat it like that. But that I believe that these truths, that, that this changes, it's changed my life and it's freed me from so much of that stuff. I was talking to Lore today. Some of you know Lore. She went to camp with us. She's actually, um, she's one of our interns now this semester. Uh, I talked to her on the phone today and I went to see her yesterday. She's in Houston. And, uh, just a few weeks ago, I mean, this is one thing, statement that she said to me on the phone today. Like, a few weeks ago, I was just running, like, 
training for that half marathon that's coming to Nacogdoches. And then she started getting some headaches, and they got worse. Um, and then she had to go to the doctor. She started not to be able to, to see clearly either. And uh, they gave her three spinal taps, which is they put a big needle in your spine, and they take fluid out to relieve fluid and relieve pressure, um, and that didn't work. And so um, just a week ago, I don't even know if it was a week ago yet, um, she had surgery in Houston. They drilled a hole in her head uh, through her skull, and they put what's called a shunt in to relieve pressure from fluid that's building up in there. And uh, the shunt is this tube that goes from this hole that they created. They put this in, and a tube runs from that down um, in her body, down into her stomach, so that it will uh, get rid of that fluid. And she has to have that in the rest of her life. And I was there yesterday, and she said, feel my neck, you can feel the tube. And I, like, touched her neck, and you can, sure enough, you can feel a tube running down her neck. Uh, and she said, I can feel it in my stomach. Like, I can feel it, like, running down inside me right now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Um, like she said, two weeks ago, she was just running, and life was normal. Um, now she's missing an eighth of her vision, and they said they're not sure if it's going to fully come back or not. Um, so you can be praying towards that. Uh, surgery went well, and that's good, but she's just nauseous, and she has to be there in Houston and San Antonio, where, sh where her parents are from, um, around doctors that can handle stuff like that uh, for the next month. And she told me, like, I just want to be there. Like, I want to be there tonight. And it's just frustrating, and I don't know what God is doing and why he wants to do this. Um, but I also got to m go to the, her yesterday and, uh, and meet her family, who she would tell you she's not really sure where they stand spiritually. And for them to see people just come and love their daughter, and uh, I don't know, I think it's going to change her family. I think it's going to change some things that they believe. Um, I don't know what God fully wants to do with it either, but I know with things like that with her, with things like this that you just wrote down, um, I don't even know what's in the other half, you know, uh, of what you wrote. I know there's people that are sick. I know people that have cancer. Um, I know more and more families that are just broken. All that stuff. He wants to provide refuge for us. Like all the big things and all the small things. Like uh, tonight, Connor, that was your first, uh, Connor's the other intern, in case you didn't know that, Connor McAtee. Uh, so uh, some of you do know a little too well. Um, but Connor uh, probably got a, uh, a rude awakening of what internship first looks like on a Wednesday night. It's really stressful. Uh, you would think uh, just, I don't know, buying drinks and getting food and stuff like that, it's, it's pretty stressful. And Jamal and I were, uh, I guess, laughing a little. Connor, sorry, because um, we've both been through that. We've been the ones that are doing that job, and uh, until you do it, you don't really fully know uh, the stuff that comes with that, but the reason I say that is that he's, a, God's a refuge in that, too, you know, like when we're just frustrated, um, and things are, fr from any, any part of that spectrum, he wants to be a refuge for all those things, and so I hope you believe that, and I hope you would take advantage of that this semester, this year, that that's why I'm here, and that's why I believe your leaders are here, 
is to help point you to that ultimate refuge, but that this would be a place where you feel that physically as well, that you would feel safe here, that you wouldn't have to deal with any of people. I mean, think about in the short time that I read those, how many people said they were getting made fun of by people, that pressure with, with friends and not making friends, and feeling socially, um, social anxiety. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen here. So just know that. If I hear about any of that stuff going on here, we're, we're going to have a conversation because I want to kill that so bad. It just destroys people far more than we ever think it does. And usually it's people acting out because their stuff going on in their life sucks and they just want to feel better so, and sometimes people do that by making other people feel worse. So it's, uh, somebody said this phrase before and I think it's so true. Hurt people hurt people. And so when you're hurt, a lot of times you end up hurting other people because you're so hurt. And so I hope that this becomes a place where you feel like you can be healed and be freed from some of that stuff. Here's, here's what God himself promises. So what I love about this, this psalm, too, is like, so you have, um, you have this, this writing, right? And it's kind of talking about, it's talking about God, talking about who he is. And then this last part, it switches and God starts speaking to us directly like his words, right? It switches from he will do this to he will do that, from he, he will do this, he will do that, to I will. So these last three verses, 14, 15, 16, it's like, again, anything in scripture that's, that, that seems like subtle, it's, it's for a reason. It's, it's to add more emphasis. In case you weren't getting any of this other stuff that we just talked about, it, it, it switches, and I think it switches to first person so we get it even more, of him saying, this is what I'm promising you. What does he promise us? He says, because he, now that's, that's going to be us, or the one that like, dwells in Christ, because the one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High holds fast to me in love or abides in me, again, like John 15, 5, the one who abides in me, who dwells in me, because he holds fast to me, because he dwells in me, says the Lord, I will deliver him. Again, I will deliver him, I will rescue him, so think about what you need rescued from. He will rescue you from that if you step into him. It doesn't say I might. Just know this when we're reading through these last th few verses. It doesn't say like I might do this, I may be. I'm, of course it doesn't say I may be. That's horrible grammar. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, he says I will deliver him. I will protect him. In case you haven't got it from Psalm 91, he really wants to protect us. I don't know how many ways he can word it, but he's done it in a lot of different ways. I will protect him because he knows my name. Another verse that says, uh, those who know my name, those who know me, will put their trust in me. If you know who God is, you will trust in him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Verse 15, when he calls to me, I will answer him. So you can call out to him and you can know that he will answer you may not always be the answer you want, but he will answer you. Sometimes that answer is wait. So, I will be with him in trouble. Again, in this verse in 15, I will be with him in trouble. He promises that he will be with us. He does not say, I will take trouble from them. In some ways, he's saying, like, you're going to be in trouble. Like, I'm not going to take that from you, but I will be with you in that. And then one day he will rescue us completely from all of this. That's what we're promised in Revelation. Spoiler alert if you haven't read it. Like, he wins and then we get to be with him forever. 
uh, I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. He promises satisfaction in him. Even in the midst of whatever it is going on in your life, that we will be satisfied in him. And I will show him my salvation. So in these 16 short verses, this is what I, uh, I love seeing, like looking in scripture and, and, and marking like wherever it talks about God in that, in that section. So in this, in this psalm, I like underlined anywhere it talks about God, and then I look back to that of what it described about who he is. Um, he's most high, he's almighty, he's our shelter, he's our refuge, he's our fortress, he's trustworthy, he's faithful, he's a loving protector, he's, he's a covering for us. We learn all those things just in this psalm. And then what does he promise us? He, promised, he promises us rescue, protection, answers, uh, his presence that he will be with us, honor, satisfaction, life, salvation. And if we choose to step into this, if we choose to dwell, if we choose to abide, if we choose to walk in that castle, if you're going to follow that illustration, that is Jesus Christ himself and saying, I'm going to trust in him, what do we get? We get protection, we get love, we get safety, we get reliability, we get security, we get rest, we get freedom from fear. And so that will bring joy and hope and peace. We get relief from being worried about things. But the only way you get all of that is if you choose to step in and say, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that you are who you say you are. I'm going to trust that you can withstand the things that you say you can withstand. I'm going to trust that you're going to give me the things that you said you want to give me if I just walk in you. And what that means is saying, like, God, I will do things your way, whatever that looks like, and I'm sick of trying to do it my way. It's as simple as that. I believe that you are who you said you are, and I want to follow you, and I want to live for you, and I want to do the things that you want me to do. And if you pray that, and if it, Scripture says if you seek him, you will find him, if we just step into that, then we get protection, we get rest, we get security, we get peace. Not because he takes away all the bad stuff in our life, but because of who he is and how great he is, that he will protect us from all of that. And so that's my hope for you, that you, when you would see refuge, that you, that you would know what that means. That it's not just some catchy word that looks good as a logo, but it's everything that I want this place to be. And I hope you feel that here at church, no matter what part of it you get involved in, that you feel like this is a safe place for you where you find rest and you find peace. But ultimately, that you find all that because we're pointing you to the ultimate refuge that is Christ. For all of you, leaders and students alike. Because we all need it, and we all need to make sure we're stepping in it and not stepping out of it and then complaining to God like why aren't you doing because you're standing outside of me so just my prayer is that you would step into it step into a relationship with Christ fully if you haven't done that and trust that he is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do I love you so much some of you that don't know me you're like you're crazy maybe but I mean that I mean that, leaders and students, like I, I, just, I love you and I want you to just experience the, the freedom that comes with choosing to be in Christ. 
And so if I can help you with that in any way, I would love to. If leaders can help you with that in any way, that's why they're here. Just remember that. We can, we can forget that pretty easily. You know? From those of you that were at camp to now, when you think about the time in between, uh, lots of things can happen that make us numb to the things that God has done in our life in the past. And we forget. But I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember who God is, how good He is, and what He wants to do this year in you and in us. 